0: So I've had a couple of questions over the last couple of days. And um, sadly, if you're here tonight because you want to see another awesome food metaphor, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But uh, (laughs) I will try and make this one as interesting as possible. I'm not sure. um, Does anyone here know Mark Walker? Yeah? Mark Walker is a bit of a legend in the CRC. Um, I know some of his achievements, but we just don't have time. Um, But he is a fountain of knowledge. He's got some great content. Um, and I remember when I was down in Melbourne for the um, the CRC College um, Intensive, he pre- uh, didn't preach, he lectured. He was one of the lecturers. And I sat in the front row because I heard awesome things about this guy. I was like, man, I'm just going to soak in the knowledge. And this guy, like, what he does is he kind of stands here like this and he leans on this and he speaks in a way that makes you really want to dream and be anywhere except where you currently are. And <laughs> Someone sympathizes with me. And I found myself in the front row going, "Ah, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. And I actually yelled, I'm awake. Which is so clearly a lie. And of course, Mark Walker stops and he kind of looks at me. I was like, oh my gosh. I kind of like shrunk back into the seat. And three days later, he was sitting in the dining room and I went and sat with him. I was like, hey, Mark, how are you going? He's like, I remember you. I was like, oh, please save from football. <laughs> and he's like, you're the one that fell asleep in my lecture. I was like, oh, cool. It was nice seeing you. I'll catch you later. And so I'm going to try to make sure I don't do that to you guys tonight. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to talk about faith. All right, sorry, I was playing a Jedi game, so I'm kind of like, psyched. I was the undefeated one, and then I turned the PlayStation off and I went back to being immortal. So the question I'd like to to ask tonight is, is faith theoretical? So it was kind of ironic, um, after I started formulating the ideas of this sermon, I was um I was writing a a um an assignment and as part of the assignment I had to ask 5 people what is faith to you. And it was really interesting some of the stuff that came back. And it was kind of funny because I had what I was writing about and then so like a couple of people said this and this and this I was like ooh they didn't put a trademark on it. So um Let's start off by by really taking a look at what the term theoretical means. So what is theoretical? Theoretical comes from the word theory. So the definition of theory is contemplation based on speculation. That took me half an hour to find because I really didn't like some of the terms in the dictionary that they used for theory. I believe the people that write the dictionary actually believe that theory is a, a proven law, which is probably why we have so many issues with evolution these days. Um, but no, it's contemplation based on speculation, which is a really fancy way of saying it's a guess when you don't really know. That's what theoretical is. It's a theory. It's something you think may be right, but you're not 100% sure. So, if you guys would like to turn to James chapter 2. And yes, this is the verse and chapter that everyone turns to when they want to talk about faith. James chapter 2, 17 and 18, which is, it says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith, apart from your works, and I will show you my faith, By my works. So, what we can get out of that? Faith without works is dead. So, that essentially means that faith cannot exist in a theoretical capacity. It must be coupled with something. What must it be coupled with? You guys are all awake. That's good to see. It must be coupled with works. I was thinking of a way to really sort of explain that in a way that so sort of everyone can grasp to the basic, most basic degree. So I want you to think of jam, who he likes jam? Jam is awesome, especially Gail's strawberry jam. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Gail's strawberry jam is good. All right. So jam is really cool, yeah? But jam is never going to be a sandwich unless you just put it on two slices of bread. <laughs> unless you heat it out of the jar, yes. So that's a bit like what faith is like, isn't it? It's like you can have faith. It's there, but what's it actually doing? All it's doing is getting closer to its expiry date in the fridge. You need to outwork it. Faith must be outworked. Exactly like a sandwich, you put it on two slices of bread. You make it a sandwich. Pardon? I just went through the spreading detail. All right. So we've taken a look at faith without works. What about works without faith? So there's a lot of people that, I feel like that there's a lot of people that do that, especially in church. Like they they sit there and go, oh, well, you know, you're having a rough time. Well, you, you should pray for it. And they walk away and they're like, that's never going to happen. And it's disappointing when there's like a severe lack of faith in something that, is so possible. So there's a um, there's a really really famous story in Acts 19. We're gonna uh, look to. Had trouble finding my Bible verses last time, so I have got these big jagged pieces of paper looking for them this time. So this is um, Acts chapter 19 verse 11, and it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles." By the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. How cool would that be? If Paul was going around, and people were like, "Man, there's like a demon-possessed person in leeton and you were like, "Just here, have my shoe, go for it," and that that person was good, like that was sad. The shoe just came back in the mail, and that was how cool would that be? That actually happened. That's awesome. I, I'm actually blown away every time I read it. I don't know why, but every time I read it, I was like, yes. There were some itiner- um, itinerant Jew, ex- uh, Jewish exorcists. Da, da, da. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adore you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So what these guys did was they went out and they decided they were going to do the exact same thing. But they had they had works. Yeah, buddy. Why is that not right, buddy? Okay. Love you, Hamish. So they had the works, but they didn't have the faith. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva. Is that right, Sceva? awesome we're doing this but the evil spirit answered them Jesus I know and Paul I recognize but who are you that's like that's pretty peace mode stuff that I think I'd be pretty annoyed if a spirit said that to me and the man in whom the evil uh, in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So let's get this into context. These guys received such a beating that they actually had their clothes torn off them. That's like, I've gotten some ass whoopings in my life, but never quite that bad. I've always stayed physical whoopings. My mistake, sorry. Uh, but I've never, ever, ever had it that bad. But that's... That's to the severity of what actually came on these guys. Now, the thing about this, and the reason why this didn't work well for them, is because we are limited in our strength. We are limited through our sinful nature in what we actually can do on our own. And it's actually a lesson that I had to learn the hard way, and I'm sure a lot of us here could could testify um, to their own story, that doing stuff on your own, it doesn't end well. Doing things in your own strength, it never comes off the way you thought it would be. But the amazing thing is, even though we have no ability to prophesy or to heal or to exercise demons or anything like that on our own, That strength comes to us through the power of Jesus Christ. Just like it says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, let's take a look at using our own strength. There's a um, a story of a, a police officer in New York City. And he was walking down the street and he saw someone in an alley getting mugged. And he thought, well, I'm a police officer. I'd, I'd better do something about that. So he takes off his jacket, he puts down his badge. Takes off his gun. Loses the belt. Kicks his boots off. Drops his trousers. Loses the police shirt. And he stands there in his underwear, and he yells, "Stop, police!" And as you can tell, he had no authority at all. He had nothing going for him. That's obviously a fake story. But the point is that when we try to do things in our own strength, what we're actually doing is we're stripping our authority to do anything in the spiritual realm. Exactly like the police officer whose authority is in the uniform. It's in the crest. It's in the badge. It's in the gun. That is his authority to stop crime. Our authority is in Christ. And when we decide to do things in our own strength we're actually stripping ourselves of the entire authority that we're trying to do something in the first place. It's very counterproductive. (laughs) But the amazing thing is that through the power of Christ, we have the authority. We have the sword of the Spirit. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Actually, it works perfectly perfectly into the uniform of the police officer. All those different aspects, that's what makes up his authority. Just throw that then. Thank you, God. So, if faith without works is dead, and, let's face it, works without faith is pointless, what exactly is faith? And what is the correct operation that goes into the whole concept of faith? If you guys want to go to um, Matthew 7, give you guys a couple of minutes. I had a bookmark, you guys probably don't. The last couple of points that I've talked about gets summed up in Matthew 7. So verse 21, to verse 23. And uh, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does, the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So, we've talked about doing works without faith, but now we're talking about doing works in Jesus' name. And Jesus is still saying, that's not good enough. You're not doing this. You you didn't have me in you. So that means that the only option left is this, faith is not a theory, faith is not an action, faith is a heart condition. You see, I can walk over to Steve right now and say, hey Steve, Jamie told me I could borrow your phone. And did I just do that in in Jamie's name? I did, didn't I? I used Jamie as my authority. But I didn't have that, did I, Jamie? (laughs) Faith is a heart condition. And if God is not the center, then everything you do in his name is not under his authority. So what we're looking at now is the fact that if that is what faith is, now we're looking at salvation. So salvation is not actually dependent now on acts of theoretical faith. It's not dependent on how much you go to church. It's not dependent on uh, you know, how many people you pray for and how many people you invite to church. Do you guys know approximately... I thought it was 1% or 2% of people in church in their entire lifetime invite someone to church. That's really kind of pathetic, actually. Like, that's, yeah, I really hope we are higher than that. (laughs) Because that's sad. And it's not by theoretical faith or knowledge. Jamie, if you've ever heard his story, his testimony... So much biblical knowledge, but absolutely zero application. Amen. (laughs) But true faith is in the heart. So true faith is a heart condition that is outworked in the physical. So what I'd like to do now is I'd just like to uh, to give you guys a challenge. So it's a, a bit of a shorter, shorter sermon tonight because I wanted to have some, uh, some prayer time, and some time for people to get prayed for. But here's the challenge: I give you guys a minute to think about it. Where in your life are you needing to have faith in God that goes beyond the theoretical? Where have you stripped yourself of God's authority and tried to replace it with your own authority? And I can't speak over anyone else's life, but I guarantee you the parts of my life that I do that, they're the ones that crumble. Usually when a section of my life starts to really come out from under me, and I sit down and look at it, I start to realize that that's the aspect of my life, that I've taken God's authority out and I've tried to put my own authority in. But you see, the authoritative stamp of Angus doesn't go anywhere. So where in your life do you have to give your faith back to God? Where in your life do you have to give your authority back to God? So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to think about that. If we could just get a little bit of music in the background, please. And I'm just going to leave this time open. If anyone needs prayer, uh, for absolutely anything. If you have an area of your life that is glaring at you, right up in your face, that you know you're struggling with, you know you're trying to do it on your own, and you know you can't, and you know you need to give it up to Jesus. If that's you and you'd like prayer, I'd love to pray for you. There's an area in your life that needs healing, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. It's anyone that's struggling. Well, you've come to the right place. What I'd uh, really like to do now, thanks for being patient, guys. What I'd really like to do now, this is a little bit unorthodox, but um, I just really like to spend maybe five minutes where everyone just prays. Because I feel like there's just never enough of that. We're always too busy to pray. We always have other things that get in the way. So if we could maybe just raise the music up a little bit more and let's just spend five minutes. Uh, we can stand, you can sit walk. I'm not really fussed, but let's just spend some time getting in with God. Let's hear from God. Let's hear what God wants to tell us. Let's just spend some time with our Papa right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your amazing grace and your love that just washes over us, Father. that your spirit will just hit every single one of us like a tidal wave, that we will be refilled, Father, that we will be filled to the brim, that we will leave so full of your love and your grace and your passion, that we will have no choice but to spill it out on other people. Father, let your love be contagious with us, that we will spread it other people will feel the love that you have for them through us and they will wonder what it is and how they can get more. Father, we pray that you hit us with so much love that it will addict us, that we will never have enough, never have too much of it. That will always be seeking you, always be wanting you, always be striving closer and closer to you, Father. Father, I pray that you will just enter every single one of us, God. You will just start to wash us. Just start to filter us. Up the struggles that we have to you. Take them, Father. We don't want to carry these. We know you can. Does anyone else feel him in here like a mist? It's like you're breathing him in as you go. That's awesome. All right. Look, if anyone else does does need some prayer, just didn't want to come up in front of everyone, that's cool. You can find one of us pastors as we finish off. I just want to thank you guys for coming. So I say, Jesus loves you. You guys be blessed as you go tonight.